three, two, and one. Okay. We are live finally. Uh, this is question and epi ep uh, question and answer episode twenty. Yep. Uh, nice to be back. Thank you all for giving me a week off or a weekend off. I just needed some time uh, to get my head on straight. Um, as you are all aware, it's like okay, where the hell has uh, CS Joseph been? Um, actually, I I'm in the process of a lot of change right now. I'm in the process of moving, etc. Um, and uh, uh, you know, uh, doing stuff uh, for my for my day job, uh, getting this uh, company uh, more organized and in a better position. Uh, we re we recently released a new lecture. I think we have another lecture coming out tomorrow night, or at least it'll be available on early access tomorrow night. I'm going to be filming an additional lecture today, which, by the way, if you guys want to know, I'll just tell you what the next lecture is. It is another episode of season 21. It is a social engineering episode. And uh, we're going to be having um, some really cool, uh, interesting bonus episodes coming out as well. But yes, I am focusing on getting the regular season content out again. Uh, that includes uh, season 21, finishing up season uh, 10, also season 14 for Patreon private lectures as well. Uh, as we're discovering uh, romantic compatibility with each other, uh, we're also going to be uh, discovering um, you know, some uh, other interesting topics as well. Uh, we adjusted the Patreon perks this month. Uh, I have a meeting just to make sure that we're, we're good to go on that uh, from, from everything's uh, point of view. Uh, we are going to continue to adjust the Patreon perks, so thank you for your um, patience on that as well. Uh, it's been good to do so. Um, and uh, we're also uh, rolling out some other uh, coaching products. We're going to be selling uh, basically coaching packages very soon uh, to make it more affordable for people. Uh, we're also going to be doing some giveaways and uh, some uh, coupons. Uh, so if you haven't gotten on our email list, if you want to get access to those coupons and whatnot, make sure you're on our email list. Uh, you do that from our homepage at csjoseph.life. Uh, make sure you're there uh, to do that. Uh, if you don't know how to get on there, just go to our homepage. Wait 30 seconds. A pop-up will show up offering you the type grid, which, by the way, we have a new type grid that is about to be released very soon uh, with updated information. And then as we get uh, underway on season 17 and season 18, and I think I'm going to just blaze through them like really rapidly uh, for those uh, two seasons. Um, I might actually make longer episodes because it's just so much content to try to fit into like one hour. It's just insane. I might actually make two two-hour episodes for season 17 because it's just a lot of content. We're going to be talking about how type actually uh, your personality develops mentally from like you know an infant into an adult etc we're going to be covering all those topics um, but as we uh, provide that information to you and those will not be behind the patreon uh, paywall by the way those will actually be publicly available um, I just people are thinking like oh hey you know CS Joseph, is, Joseph has all of his content behind patreon no that's not true uh, just this last month I only maybe released like one lecture uh, so, uh, and due to, you know, a high amount of stress in my life, but now that the source of said stress is gone, uh, I will be uh, basically uh, producing uh, more content, more lectures, and they will be made publicly available. My desire is to get a minimum of two public lectures out a week. That is what my goal is right now, a minimum of two. Hopefully we can get three, um, but uh, it just depends on how much time is available. We also have fictional typing. Uh, that's a new thing. Jab is going to be hosting it for us. He's very excited to do this. Uh, 
And uh, we're also going to be bringing in some additional people uh, onto the stream uh, outside of Jab and I uh, to contribute to the discussion as well. And uh, we may be rolling out some interview uh, streams in the future, but we'll just kind of see how that goes. Uh, we have a few offers from various other YouTubers who wanted to collaborate, etc. But we're just not really sure where that is, uh, where that's going quite yet. Um, and some of these YouTubers are not uh, MBTI related. Uh, some of them are just basic uh, psychology related. Uh, trying to see if we can get someone on the show to talk about uh, mental disorders and see if we can actually have a discussion about Jungian analytical psychology versus psychiatry for the benefit of this audience. So just a mm -hmm. lot of new stuff that's coming up uh, that we're working on. Uh, no, we haven't slowed down. We are moving full steam ahead, and I am back in the saddle now. Um, it's just that uh, February is always an extremely difficult month for me. Uh, because it's literally my birthday, Valentine's Day, and a third day of the month uh, that I observe every single year for a specific purpose that I will not utter here. Uh, be that as it may, now that February is over, uh, we can uh, move towards uh, you know March and uh, you know the Ides of March, right? And March Madness. Uh, so like, who wouldn't want to? Uh, and then uh, we'll be able to like move forward as a community. And uh, yeah. Definitely producing more content. Uh, the uh, Patreon-only uh, streams will be scheduled, hopefully today, and posted on Patreon. That way everyone's on the same page ahead of time for the rest of the month, and it's not like last minute or anything. And hopefully more people will be able to join the streams as a result. I think we actually move some of the streams around to lower tiers on Patreon. That way we can get even more people involved. I think that's a fantastic uh, opportunity that we have. So... Uh -huh. Anyway, I think that's everything for announcements, Jab. You want to add anything else? Ah, uh, uh, you missed one point. Uh, okay. We've started pushing out brand new blog posts. Oh, We've got yeah. a really good one. We've got a really, really good one on INFJs. I think it's 10 ways to spot an INFJs or 10 ways to know if you're an INFJ. One of the two, something like that. Yeah, um, it was a fantastic post. I... I um... It, I really liked it, and I'm glad that we were able to get it out. We have it currently on where is it? Where is it posted, Jab? It's on Facebook and on the WordPress, right? Well, it's on faith. It's on Facebook. I think it's also posted on Twitter. But if you take that link, it'll take you to the WordPress. So csjoseph.life. Look at recent blog posts. Really, really, really good INFJ posts. Like every INFJ who I've received feedback from said stuff like. You know, you know me better than I know myself or amazing blog post or, you know, all I've had is very good feedback. So don't forget to read that. Yeah. It's, uh, share uh, it with your friends. Yeah, please share. Um, just so you guys know, we're going to be releasing content specifically for Facebook. So if you're not already following us or on Facebook or at least liked our page, you're literally missing out. So look up the CS Joseph page on uh, Facebook. Get on that. The same thing applies for Instagram. On Instagram, we're going to be releasing specific content just for Instagram that you can only find on Instagram. We'll be doing a lot more video posts with me, uh, giving some nice little blurbs and whatnot as I play with Instagram a little bit more and understand it. Um, I got an app recently to help me get uh, subtitles, so you don't always have to like listen to my voice. You can actually like read what I'm saying. So uh, that way, you know, if you're in like a private area, you can't have sound going off, whatnot. You can actually like understand what's being said in the video, even though like you don't have your sound on. 
So just make sure you're following us on Instagram. Uh, we also do giveaways through Instagram. We're gonna be doing uh, we're gonna be doing a giveaway this month very soon on Instagram. Uh, make sure you are liking mm -hmm. and following us on Facebook. We're we'll gonna be doing a giveaway there as well, as well as releasing specific content to those. And if you're not already on our email list, if you're not already on our website, like what are you doing? We're releasing transcripts like really quickly. Uh, we've just released, I think, two or three recently. We got about 55, 56, 57 of them to go before we're caught up. And we have a team of people who have been gracious enough to spend time uh, transcribing with us and whatnot. Which, by the way, if you're interesting or interested in transcribing for uh, csjoseph.life, please get in contact on our Discord server with the uh, the madman himself, Mr. Intaglio. Uh, please speak with Intaglio, uh, and he will get you set up for transcription. If you would like to uh, volunteer and assist us with a transcript or two, we'd very much appreciate it. Uh, it just really helps the community get out, uh, get more of the information out there. Also. We're going to be adjusting the website in the very near future. We're going to be adding 16 links, one for each type, that gives a nice Reader's Digest overview of each type. That way, it just makes it so mm -hmm. much easier for you, the community, to share it with people. Uh, instead of right. like coming to the YouTube channel being confused as to where to start, we're actually going to be fixing that. Exactly. We've had so many people right. complain to me about that. So, well, well, yeah, that's actually like a really good point because you know. You can't have your INTJ video being like 40 minutes long and then your INFJ video being like an hour long. And it's like, hey, INF person who might be an INFJ who might be interested in typology, here's a one hour video. What are the odds they're going to watch the whole thing? Yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. No, you're right about that. So we're just going to be making it easier for the community, uh, make it more shareable, uh, trying to get all of the content in one place. So it's easily accessible to everyone. We're really focusing on accessibility right now. So thank you all for your patience. Um, so with that being said, I think we're done with announcements right now, Jab. What do we got going on for this question and answer session? All right. So uh, I think we're going to start off with our Platinums. We're going to be doing two per Platinum person, right? Oh, uh, for Hridic Rana, actually, I blocked you for spamming me. That's that's why I blocked you. I don't mind it when people send me memes, and I kind of prefer certain people send me memes because it's the memes that I actually like. But you're getting like really spammy, so I decided to block you on Instagram, and that's like <laughs> literally what happened. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. Oh, and our format, Mr. Jab. Our format is platinum Patreon questions first, silver questions second. We're gonna start off with one question per person today. We may we may return to more questions. Super chats are third. We have a new super chat feed right now. And that super chat feed basically will tell me that yes, there is a super chat so we don't forget anyone, I promise. We're good on that this time. And then obviously we'll then get to the Discord questions and then we'll open up to potentially some YouTube questions. Sometimes we do it per episode, sometimes we don't. Just really depends what happens. So, but this is the question priority and whatnot. If you really want the highest chance of getting your question answered but you don't wanna pay money, Get on our Discord server. If you are not on our Discord server, what are you doing? Just, and then go to the live stream, uh, Q&A, put in your question there. We will get to it eventually, I promise. Uh, if you want your question answered faster, you have the Super Chats, and then you have Patreon, of course. So there's our format. That's how we do things around here. Uh, otherwise, Jeb, go ahead and fire it off with the first Platinum question. All right, we're doing two Platinum questions per person? Let's, uh, let's keep it at one for right now, and then we'll probably revisit right. them later in the second hour. All right, all right, all right, all right. This comes from Mello. As the demon is to the unconscious, can the subconscious manifest in an unhealthy way? Like, can someone become a slave to their inferior function? 
Absolutely, uh, they can. I think a really good example of this would be Taylor Swift. Uh, she's very uh, subconscious, uh, developed uh, for an ESFP, and uh, and because of how developed she is and how she just you know is all about her inferior function, being able to write any song she wants, knowing that it'll just be insta popular no matter what. This actually inhibits the growth of her unconscious side of her mind. Uh, this inhibits her ability to really develop that higher level of maturity that comes from developing one's unconscious side uh, of their mind. So that's her struggle. And, you know, we can see this consistently with Taylor Swift. Every time you hear about some additional relationship drama or who she's dating and then people are like, OK, well, how long is it going to be before she gets a song out about that person, etc.? It is a sign of immaturity, it is a sign of kind of like uh, being subconscious, addicted, etc. But that's not necessarily like a bad thing all it is is just it goes to show that depending on where you are in the world or your upbringing or your culture etc people typically prefer to develop one of the sides of their mind initially right and um and that's kind of you know where it comes from they, they prefer to develop that side of their minds uh, she did prefer to develop subconscious because she had that opportunity even though most people in the usa end up developing their unconscious first because of just generally how unhappy people are but she had a shot at happiness really early on uh, and that's why she went full-on subconscious mode but then her unconscious development is very lacking and that's why typically she just appears to be this woman who's lacking maturity compared to her peers right and that's how i'd answer that question right Okay, next one comes from Mr. Periani, our favorite Periani. We love the Periani, I and uh... I say I say that like there's more than one Periani. I mean, there might be, who knows? But we only have one in Periani in our communities. So uh, Mr. Periani asks, how do people's inner dialogue, inner thoughts, inner conversations to themselves, differ depending on type? All right, ask that question again. So how do people's inner dialogue, and then in brackets, inner thoughts, inner conversations to themselves, close brackets, differ right. depending on type? So how does someone's conscience work? Yeah. So, so if you were to like say like Jiminy Cricket is your conscience, right? That's basically um, conscience, like con science, conscience. That's basically right, right. your subconscious talking to you essentially in that regard uh you know and, and people you know when people in conversations are like well part of me says this but part of me says that you know and they're really talking about the different sides of their mind because each of the sides of their mind literally have a voice in their head and they're literally juggling those voices in their head essentially to determine you know how to make a decision you know and, and in truth be told i've been listening a lot to my superego recently and I've just been really enjoying <laughs> just delving into my SE demon and really spiting people and making fun of people and really burning down their realities because I've come to realize that I have to, with, through my subconscious, sometimes it's just my duty to spite people and light them on fire for the sake of their own good, right? Mm -hmm. To criticize right. them in such a way, to make fun of them, to mock them for how stupid they're being, basically. Because I've come to realize that through my moral trickster in developing my own superego, it may actually be my moral duty to mock people for being stupid so that they stop being stupid and recognize through me shaming them with my demon function uh, how, um, with my, my superego, shaming them with my superego, how they actually need to change. Because if they're not going to listen to me, 
if they're they're not going to trust me, if they're not going to, uh, if they're not someone worth being loyal to, if they're not going to listen to any strategies I provide them, well, I guess that means I have to burn their reality down. And this is a more of a, a healthy superego approach, you know, in developing my superego as I develop my subconscious more and as I develop my unconscious more, essentially. And that's, you know, the direction I would take it. So yes, absolutely, Periani, we do have inner dialogue between all four sides of our mind. And that's kind of generally how it manifests. So, mm -hmm. perfect. Um, so that's for the uh, platinums. I mean, there's a couple more, but there's a second one from Periani and another few from Mello. So if we're going on from that with only one each for now, um, that brings us to the silver, and we've got Valentina Belovsky. And she asks, you said ISFPs are able to become metaphysical later in life, even though they have any trickster. Why is this? Yeah, it's super Why ego doesn't this development. also apply? Developing a super ego. Like, for example, my former father-in-law, he was an ISF, or he is an ISFP. He's still alive. He's in his 70s right now, and he's constantly reading any metaphysical book he can get his hands on. Uh, he actually just finished watching or reading Medical Medium, uh, uh, who, I forget who the author is on that. I have one of, their, one of his books around here. Um, I think it's like Anthony something. I don't remember. Uh, he's also, um, he's read Andreas Moritz, uh, he's, uh, who was like a doctor. Uh, he's also read uh, a lot about uh, meditation, uh, uh, astral projection, etc. A lot of metaphysical things, a lot of metaphysical concepts. Uh, David Data as well. So yeah, as as ISFPs and ISTPs get get older and older, they become more as they you know as they develop their mastery of reality. That's like, well, what about unreality? What about the metaphysical? I I have mastery of physics here, but what about metaphysics? Because I'm starting to see that physics is impacted by metaphysics way later in life. It's almost hypocritical if you think about it. And then as a result of right. that, it's like, oh, crap. Okay, sure. You know, maybe I just need to, you know, figure out what else is real. And that's and that's where they begin that journey. And it really only comes as a result of their subconscious and their unconscious being really developed such that they're able to start healthfully developing their superego. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and the second half of that question is also why doesn't this apply to ISTPs? It does apply to ISTPs in the same way. Okay. Good. I think that answers that. Next question. What types would be most likely to want to colonize Mars? INTPs, LOL. <laughs> you just saying that because Elon Musk? That's You're damn right about that. Can your type change? Uh, yes, through cognitive transition. Please watch the lecture about cognitive transitions in season one. Next. Can it change permanently? It can change permanently through extreme injury or extreme trauma. INFP here. How do I get over rejection from people? Um, you need to be willing to be ashamed. You need to be willing to uh, be so publicly known uh, that everyone thinks less of you, and you're not, and you're willing to still operate and function emotionally with everyone around you thinking less of you. That way you're able to take risks because you need to stop living your life in such a bubble where you're so afraid of other people thinking less of you that you end up like having no action at all and being stuck in inaction. How about you just take risks? How about you just make decisions regardless of how others think of you? That would be nice and that's healthy. Right. Well, I mean, if I can chime in a little bit there. Go ahead. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, I'm kind of a bit of an arrogant SOB with my TE parent. I'm Me like, too, yeah. except with TI parent as... Uh, someone on Instagram uh, reminded me last night. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, my my attitude is usually something along the lines of, uh, "Hey, if you're so stupid that you don't realize how absolutely amazing I am, then uh, you're not the kind of person uh, I'd care being rejected by because you know you're not that great after all." I know, right? I take that approach with you know jobs i take that approach with rejection whatever avenue you're talking about job applications uh relationships etc um let's go to the next one and you're deleting them uh, as you go right yeah yeah uh helen zeng asks does a person's type explain whether or not that person is good at recognizing direction intj female here i find myself very bad at directions need navigation all the time even with the places I've been to several times before. That's that's not a bad thing. That's just, okay, so that's extroverted sensing. So a uh, sense of direction usually is an introverted sensing thing. That's why ENTPs like myself or ENFPs or basically anyone with, with SI just in their top four uh, functions, they have an amazing sense of direction. They always know where they are. Like for example, when I'm rocking around outside, I always know what direction north is at all times. I always know what direction north is. I even actually orient my body and how I walk specifically based on nautical directions because I always know where north is. Because at, when I'm in a new area I've never been before, I look at the sun, I see the sun's position. Okay, I know what direction north is. Then I look at the buildings and see what direction they're built in because some buildings are, are built towards the east or west or they're uh, built north-south. And then I look at the directions that buildings are built. It's like, okay. And then I look at the streets next to the building, what direction the streets typically go, because streets also typically go north or south or east or west in terms of their biggest main streets or their um, or boulevards, etc. just to kind of see where that goes. And then as a result, this creates an SI introverted sensing framework in terms of sense of direction within. That way, I always know where I am at all times. And the more familiar over time I become with an area, the more I've just basically completely committed the entire locale to memory. Completely. I know every little nook and cranny about it no matter what. Whereas someone like an INTJ, because they are very short-term memory and seeing into the future with their future memory of their introvert intuition, uh, that abstraction in conjunction with their short-term memory through extroverted sensing, they lose all of that directional information because they're not able to create a totem or a landmark basically that helps them find certain things. Now, some INTJs over time will rely on landmarks to remember where they are specifically so they you know, end up getting lost, but they're so triple move and they're moving so quickly that when they're on their Waze app or their, their Google GPS or whatever GPS program they use, which by the way, if you're not using Waze, like what are you doing? W-A-Z-E, download it, please do us all a favor. Uh, based on uh, that- Chase, they haven't sponsored us yet. I know they ha they haven't sponsored us yet, so maybe they should. <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice because Google owns that, so I guess Google's sponsoring us, right? I mean, that's probably not right. going to uh, uh, to think on that. So, but yeah, uh, that's that's where it comes from: uh, situational awareness, nautical awareness uh, for introverted sensors, but for extroverted sensors, it's not really. It's just, it's just, it, their brain just doesn't store that information in their long-term memory, especially in SI demon. So 
it's important that for them to rely on certain landmarks and then kind of know where they are. Otherwise, they just have to continue relying on GPS or have their introverted sensor because if you're an INTJ, hopefully you have an ENTP around or if you're an ENTJ, hopefully you have an INTP around or if you're an ISTP, hopefully you have an ESTJ around or an ISFP, hopefully you have an ESFJ around who will just freaking remember where everything is for you anyway and you just ask them and they'll just point it out. And that's it. You don't have to worry about forgetting where anything is anymore because you literally have a walking memory totem next to you who handles all of that for you. And then you always feel safe about where you're at all the time. And then it's no longer a concern for you whatsoever. So yeah, that's how I would uh, answer that question. All right, next question comes from uh, Byte. And she asks, how would one develop NI inferior and or NI critic? Uh, one develops NI inferior, uh, through, um, basically taking risks, um, allowing themselves to want the wrong thing and, uh, failing over and over and over again until they realize the right thing that they're, that they should be wanting. Basically, uh, mm -hmm. it's basically, it's kind of like trial and error, kind of like what introverted sensing does uh, with introverted sensing inferior because trial and error and failing a million times until you have a success that's the introverted sensing inferior way, but introverted intuition inferior is, inferior is a little bit different. It's about uh, seeing what other people are doing and then wanting to do what they're doing. And then uh, and then just knowing that, okay, if other people have been successful with this, I can be successful with it too. And then just making that decision, forcing yourself to make that decision, even if you're afraid and having courage, basically. That's how you develop introverted intuition inferior. In terms of developing NI critic, it's really hard because it's the wisdom function. The critic function is all about wisdom and trying to give someone wisdom is really, really difficult. The best way, the fastest way to learn wisdom is through failure. So you need to fail as much as possible. Quite frankly, this is one of the highest values of Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, specifically when Yoda <laughs> is talking to Luke Skywalker and telling him that failure is the greatest teacher. If you want to develop your critic function, you need to understand that failure is a good thing. In fact, failure is actually more important than success because of the wisdom that you can extract from the failure. And then as a result of having that failure, you can have a better life as you move on, essentially. And that's kind of the direction you need to go uh, for that purpose. So... But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, I mean, that's mm -hmm. just one direction. Now, NI critic, however, can have some very difficult issues with it. So INTPs and INFPs, they can get so stuck in their comfort zone that they don't grow. Like for example, uh, INTPs are notorious for not popping the question to their women. They are notorious for it because they're like, oh, I mean, I see other people being irresponsible with like wanting to pop the question to their woman and I don't want to do it at the wrong time. The timing's got to be perfect. And they're like overly perfect with the timing on that. And then because of that four or five years go by and their woman's like, wow, is he ever going to propose to me? This is bullshit. And then she just decides to leave him. And then he's like, oh, I wish I could have had her. But then she's likely an INJ or an ENJ, an NJ at that point. And they're like, nope, you've been door slammed because you had your chance to commit, commit to me and you didn't. So get out of my life. Sorry, bro. And that is very, very normal for INTPs and INFPs they really struggle with commitment in that way because they just don't allow themselves to want anything because everyone else around them is so irresponsible what they want. I don't want to look irresponsible with what I want too. And it might be irresponsible to pop the question. And I have TE inferior and I don't want her to reject me because I'm so afraid. And I have social anxiety FE inferior and I don't want her to reject me. I'm so afraid. Grow up. Seriously, grow up. 
Because let me tell you something, mm -hmm. INPs. Like, if you're an INFP and I see you doing that and you're in your comfort zone, I'm going to publicly shame you. I'm going to go <laughs> to all the people close to you and I'm going to tell the truth about you to them and I'm going to expose you. That way you're actually motivated to change for once. I will feed you to my demon and I will have no regrets in doing so because it'll be me doing my moral duty by you to expose <laughs> you and shame you to motivate your ass. Because if you can't be obligated to do something, if you can't, uh, if you're not motivated to gain better social status for yourself, if you're not willing to do the right thing, if you're unwilling to be a good person about it, well, that gives me license to feed you to my demon and I will publicly shame you for it. So if you don't want me to shame you for it, how about you actually wake up and like live life for once and make decisions? And INTPs, same thing. Because here's the thing, I will show people how uncaring you are. Because it's like, oh, yeah, because you should be doing your duty, especially by your woman, if you're not gonna like propose to her after like five years, are you out of your mind? Like, how about you just be a man for once? That would be nice. And guess what, folks, intuitives, when intuitives are dating intuitives, especially when you have an NJ with an NP, they can figure out pretty quick, probably within the first 90 to 180 days as to whether or not the relationship is going to last and definitely not, because guess what? They're intuitive. They see into the future, right? They could figure it out really quick. So this idea that you have to wait five years, INPs, for like a proposal is absolutely ridiculous to me. Grow up. Like seriously, intuitives have it figured out real quick. And if your woman is even talking about marriage, like even talking as an NJ, talking about it, take a hint, bro. Wake up. Like seriously, wake up. <laughs> I think I beat that one in the head pretty well. <laughs> yeah, you did. Wow. I can see the future. Damn right. Yeah. All right. Next one. Rose Rage asks, what are some good questions slash tips for determining someone's type on Tinder or other dating apps? Ooh. Uh, there is a, uh, there is a, sorry, I wanted to get that little comment in there. Uh, yeah, I got it. I had to get that little comment in there. Okay, so um, there is a way. There is a way. I don't know how to do it on Tinder. Um, I've researched OkCupid with it. So like when you're doing OkCupid, for example, which to my, in my opinion, OkCupid, uh, while it's not one of the more popular uh, dating apps, it is probably the best dating app that you could utilize uh, for determining, you know, type with people. And you do this through answering the questions. Uh, so you create your profile, you go on, you start answering the different questions. They, I think they had like at first, when they first came out, they had like 2,500 questions to answer. I think now it's like over 200,000 questions that you can answer. Just depends what people say on Reddit. I don't know how many exact questions they have. But you answer the questions specific to your type following social engineering best practices according to season 21. And you can also answer the questions for them while you're doing that and you answer it according to their type basically. And obviously you'd wanna target a golden pair. If you wanna know more about golden pairs, shameless plug, you should probably be a Patreon gold uh, tier member so you can actually watch the golden pair lectures and understand romantic compatibility so you can optimize your dating app experience, right? And you can do this through mm -hmm. OkCupid. I do not know how to do this yet with Tinder. Um, and you know, um, I still have to talk to somebody about making a fake profile on Tinder and, and see if there's actually some way to <laughs> gain the system uh, to do that, like what we did with OkCupid, because we had a fake profile that we were using on, 
with OkCupid with one of my clients for a while, and we were able to actually get some pretty decent results uh, answering the questions and gaming it for specific types, absolutely. So yes, there is a methodology, but those methodologies I usually share with my coaching clients is not necessarily a methodology that I actually talk about um, you know, publicly. Because I mean, I've been Shameless hired. plug for coaching. Amen. Uh, I've also been uh, hired uh, to, you know, you know, social engineer or do matchmaking for relationships, which I have done for people. Uh, although it's kind of interesting because, like, I'm literally, I'm literally hitch, but you know, and I'm super great in everyone else's relationships. When it comes to my own, it's like, hmm, maybe I should like work on that a little bit more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but you know. It, I mean, I mean, I just coming off of a four year relationship. What do you expect? Right. So although that was months ago right. at this point. Um, but anyway, uh, with that being right. said, uh, yes, there is a methodology to it. Uh, you, uh, and I just gave you a freebie there with OkCupid. And in terms of Tinder, I'm not entirely sure how to uh, go about doing that quite yet. I haven't spent enough time researching. So but yeah, that's how I'd answer that question. Beautiful. Um... Can you give an example of movement in finisher type conversation? A movement and finisher type conversation. The starter yeah, so... type initiates and then the finisher type responds. Yep. And then the <laughs> initiator keeps initiating. They gain a lot of energy. The introvert responder keeps responding. They gain a bunch of energy. And then all of a sudden they spend that energy and then the introvert starts initiating. And then the starter type starts responding and spending some of their mental energy. And it's just this amazing synergy of initiations and responding. And it creates a dance between, especially if it's a masculine and feminine relationship, then it, it, it even supercharges the dance between the masculine and the feminine as a result of such an interaction. And within the context of golden pair, that's even better. So yeah, like different I levels see. to that. Yeah, that's a pretty good answer. Um, next question comes from an INFJ. Uh, INFJ here. How do I get my ESFJ mother to listen to me for once? She keeps interrupting me whenever I try and speak. Or she just thinks I'm saying things with a bad intention and refuses to talk to me for days. What can our INFJ do, Chase? Uh, move out. Get a job. I think this person already has that. Okay. Well, if they already if they're if they're already out, uh, then uh, basically question her loyalty. Uh, be like, why would I want to have a conversation? Like, literally say the words, "Why would I want? Why would I want to have a conversation <laughs> with you if you're just going to treat me like this?" Literally say that. That's that's you stabbing her inner child. If she's being she's behaving poorly oh. that way, that gives you license to stab her any child. And be like, why would I want to be around you? Why would I want to have a conversation with you? Why would I want to be here? You just hit that child hard, you know. Uh -huh. Or why is it? Why would I want to make you comfortable? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm, hit that parent really hard too. Or I don't value this conversation. Hit the hero. Or why do you think it's okay to treat me this way? Hit the inferior function. Why do you think this? Why do you think that? Like literally question her thinking. Of course, it'll make her feel stupid in the long run and she'll get really upset at you. But yeah, do it that way. And that's just basically how you adjust your talking as a result. So. All right. I think that's all the Patreon Q&A. It says one person is typing. But let's I'll get, come back uh, later. To... Let's get Aiden Washney's uh, question in the Platinum Q&A real quick and then, and then we'll move on. Oh. 
Uh, I didn't see that. That just came in. Yeah, it just came in. Let's let's get it, Mr. Right. Aiden. Uh, do you think the nature? Do you think that the nature alone will make two people work out if they try for it? Or Absolutely. is the nature an imp- or is the nature an important component as well? I think it means nurture. Is nurture an important component? Nurture is an important component. But let me tell you something, folks. Nature is so powerful that if you have golden pair highest compatibility amongst nature in a relationship, for example, the nurture issues can be easily handled, especially the more time that the golden pair spends with each other. Uh, from a relationship standpoint, the nurtural issues will just go away. Not only that, uh, uh, Alex, uh, who uh, is uh, one of our uh, members here on the CSJ team, he made something a very a very poignant point on our Recovering Nice Guy uh, support group this week. Um, it's on Thursday nights. If you're if you're a man who uh, is suffering from Nice Guy syndrome uh, or or has suffered from Nice Guy syndrome and would like to prevent relapse of Nice Guy syndrome, uh, one you need to read this book. Uh, nor Mr. Nice Guy. If you haven't, like, seriously, if you have a penis and you haven't read this book, what the hell are you doing? Like, seriously. Right. What the hell are you doing? You need to read this book immediately. It's written by an ENTP for men. Get it done. Grow up. Get it done. And then as a result of that, you can join, if you want, our um, Recovering Nice Guy uh, support group. Every week it's on Thursdays. I think so. Robert Potts, please don't shoot me. Uh, And then... uh, uh, so anyway, Alex shared with, with the group this week about how, you know, when he gets into a relationship with a woman, he makes it very clear to them something, you know, and he's, you know, he's an ENTJ. He makes very, makes it very clear to them. He's like, you know, it'd be nice if I could find somebody who is not trying to change me, right? That's his right. main point, right? Whereas from an NP standpoint, like an ENTP standpoint, it's a little bit different. From my point of view, it's like, uh-huh. I am actually willing to change if I need to change. Uh, but it would be nice if someone would also be willing to change a little bit for me. So what that creates is a yin and yang equilibrium of sharing mm-hmm. and trust and potential changes that could be made, a growth that handles, and all that covers is human nurture. So if you have super high compatible natures together, then nurture will start to adjust for the sake of the nature, because even nature versus nurture is in a primary secondary relationship from a yin and yang equilibrium point of view with nature being primary nurture is still extremely powerful but nature is still primary so as a result of having primary nature you know in there you just want to make sure that you have all of that handled you would definitely want all that handled uh so nature goes a long way that's my point right if you got compatible nature you're good to go uh, and you just need to spend time communicating about all those nurtural issues, and eventually it'll be fine. It really, the more maturity you have, the more your unconscious sides of your mind for both of you in your relationship, the more developed they are, then the more likely it is for you to get over any nurtural related obstacle. And that's where you get uh, terms like love conquers all, right? Especially in the in the uh, in the midst of a golden pair, you can really rely on that super high compatibility. You can rely on it. It is something you can rely on for an indefinitely amazing relationship, provided that the maturity levels are there to get through any of those neutral secondary obstacles. So that's how I'd answer that question. Right. Um, I'm gonna like hijack the show a little bit. 
Uh, I actually saw a really good question in the YouTube chat. Is there a, a female version of that book, Chase? Yes, there is. Uh, that book is Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. Perfect. Codependent No More. You've heard it here. Codependent uh, No More. Go to csjoseph.life. Uh, there's a store tab or a books tab. Books tab. Go into there. Sorry, it's a books tab. You go into there, you'll find it in there. It's just an affiliate link. That means we get credit for linking you to it. So we'll get like uh, five cents or something, enough for a pickle and a hamburger. Amen. Jab is coin-operated today, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. I mean, I need my pickles and my hamburgers. Like, it just needs to happen. So, yeah. So if you buy the book through our website, it's an affiliate link, which means it'll take you through Amazon. You're actually buying it through Amazon. It doesn't cost any more. We just get credit for linking you to the web for to the book if you purchase. Hashtag affiliate links are win. LOL. Exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. What's next? All right, next question. Since you're going into cognitive axis with the cognitive functions, are you going to drop some hints in your future lectures on how to pick up on these functions in conversation? Yes, and that is discussed at length with examples. We're actually going to be analyzing uh, SMS text messaging conversations. Uh, and how to actually extract cognitive axes from uh, messages or any written text, for example, even spoken words, for example, in season 18. We'll be going into it in depth. Yeah, I think that would make a good article as well. What do you think? Article before or after the lecture? Uh, yeah, it would make a great article. Of course. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll have to discuss that later. Um... We can do Ratchet 19's question real quick and then move on to Discord questions. Right, right, right. Um, Ratchet 19, what would a relationship between an ENFJ and an INTJ be like? Absolute Oof. cancer. Don't do it. And next question. <laughs> Absolute cancer. You're not going to explain why? Uh, oh, I'm going to give you really good experience. No, I'm going to give you really good experience. I want to <sighs> touch you all over in the bedroom. No, I want to touch you all over in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, right. Cancer. Next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Whew. All right, I think for the regular Discord questions, we can blitz through them. What do you reckon? Short answers. Bam, 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 Who knows? bam, bam. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's uh, see. Where's, that? where's our question? Questions with the issues. All right. From an evolutionary standpoint, why is there only a 30% chance of giving birth to slash raising an N-type? Or an intuitive? We don't know that yet. Uh, and uh, as this community grows, uh, we'll be releasing software where we will be able to actually answer that question. So Nice! And uh, Kate Nani says, besides your channel, what channel do you recommend to learn more about this subject? None. <laughs> None. None. Um, does Linda Behrens have a channel? Maybe she... Maybe I she... don't care no. for Linda Behrens in that way. I mean, the only thing I find Linda Behrens useful is interaction styles and temperaments. Outside of that, I don't care for anything else she says. No? Okay. All right, let's go to the next question. Uh, if an ENTP and an ENFP go into business together for consulting, what strengths should they double down on and what blind, shots, what blind spots will they need to compensate for? Which type? Uh, ENTP, ENFP. So which blind for spots for consulting, consulting so, blind spots? So if those two, if those two types were to go into business with each other, oh gross! What strengths should they double down on, and what blind spots should they compensate for? Um, 
Yeah, that's really rough. Uh, they're both starter types. <laughs> Basically, they need amazing secretaries. Both of them do. And let the secretaries kind of drive that bus. Otherwise, they're not going to get anything done. And it's just going to turn into a shit show. I don't recommend that. So. They literally need donut from Seuss. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> did, did, did you watch Suits? Did you get the reference? Or am I like talking out my ass? Uh, I did not get the reference because I haven't lived. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Ugh. Shame. I need yeah, to start reading Rosso when it comes to certain uh, pop culture references. Sorry. Shame. Tanya just said she posted her question. Oh, did you answer that question already? How can I not right. let my TI trickster function not get to me? I'm an ESFP. Is that the question? Right, I'll answer it anyway. How can I not let my TI trickster function not get to me? Uh, basically, you can't. Your, your trickster will be your trickster, and just that's just how it's going to be. I mean, do you expect me to have moral behavior as an ENTP? You shouldn't. I can only have right. moral behavior when I'm around a moral person. So like Jab, for example, he has FI child, right? INTJs in my life, they have FI child or, or uh, the ISTJ who's on my uh, executive team. He has FI child as well. And I utilize their moral compasses for uh, my moral decision making because I just have no clue how to behave morally, for example. So as a TI trickster, ESFP, what I would recommend you do, and I believe this is Tanya's question. I really hope that's it. Uh, to answer your question, fill yourself or fill your life with TI users. If you have mm -hmm. TI users around them, have them verify your beliefs, verify everything for you, and make sure you have multiple TI users. So if they're saying the same thing, guess what? They're, that's true. You should probably listen to that. Otherwise, your TI trickster is basically going to be a blind spot indefinitely until you develop your subconscious and your unconscious simultaneously and begin the process of developing your superego on your path to enlightenment, etc. right? That's the entire process, okay? You just have to do it holistically. You can't just beeline for it and try to focus on developing your trickster. That's just going to fail and blow up in your face. Perfect. Shall we jump on to the next question? Yes. This next question is tagged with the names of three people, Boot Mobile and Celestial. And Boot asks, if TE input is needed for FI to figure out its values, is FE need input needed for TI to establish their personal logical framework? No. No. No, TE is used to provide input to TI. TI right. is used to produce the output FE. FE is used to give what it needs to, to or no, to provide, provide process for FE, excuse me. FE is the output to provide uh, to uh, FI, and FI provides feedback back to TE, basically. That is the order in which it goes. All right. Input, uh, process, output, feedback. TE, TI, FE, FI. That's the whole process of how information flows through the functions. Right. Nice. Uh, next question comes from Kana. As an INFJ, when you realize you haven't actually achieved anything in life so far other than su surviving, and you can't find anything anymore you really love, and you fall into this black hole of what am I doing with my life? I just want to die. How do you get out of that loop and find the drive to do something again? As this an INFJ, how do you deal with the feeling 
bad when you know you hurt someone? Well, usually INFJs are wrong that they actually hurt someone. They just assume that they hurt someone for one. So you might want to verify whether or not that's actually true to, before you do anything, before you start feeling any way. And sometimes INFJs just can't emotionally help but think that, yeah, I feel bad. You know what I'm saying? And uh, not exactly a really good situation. So uh, based on that, really all you could do is verify, verify everything, verify your beliefs, verify feelings, verify what's going on first, use your TI child, verify, 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 and you'll be much more successful. Right. Okay. Next question. Hi, I'm an AFP. I am chronically uncomfortable, especially in social situations. I feel like this has caused an issue with some SE users in my life especially SE inferiors. I feel like I accidentally push my INFJ, INTJ friends away as they can sense my uncomfortableness and they become skittish in return, thus making me more uncomfortable. How can I stop this from being an issue? Uh, you need to develop your parent function and find out specifically with expert intuition parent what other people want. That way you know what you should do in those social situations you'll be more comfortable because if you already know what they're looking for, if you already know what they want ahead of time, you can adjust yourself and adjust your behavior appropriately, right? That way you are more comfortable. Those SE inferiors, those SE child, those NJs of your life basically will absorb how comfortable you are and then as a result become comfortable with you, right? That's the, that's the process that I would recommend. Well, and it's not just that, um, like you said, developing the parent, you know, the parent's job is to protect the child. So if your parents are um, more developed, your parent's doing a better job at protecting your child, your child feels safer. And therefore, you know, those people who can bypass the parent are going to be able to give you a good experience. So, I mean, it's just the fundamental basics of, you know, the, the parent-child relationship. Yep. Uh, next question is constantly saying to someone, you know, or other filler words is caused by a function or something. So, um, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just I mean, you know, is typically TE, but it's usually, it could be even FE in like child right. or inferior slots or even nemesis slots. Right, I think this is just a discourse particle. I'm not sure it's associated with types. Yeah, it can also just be people. very nurtural as well. So I can't really answer that question without more information. So right, there is an ant on my microphone. That's really odd. Okay, no, go away. <laughs> Which function does humor lie in, if any? Seems like it'd be fourth or fifth insecurities and worries lie there. Uh, humor can be an expert at sensing. It can also be an expert at intuition. It can be an F expert at feeling, expert thinking. It's really something that you just look from a cognitive axis or a cognitive orbit point of view. And when the, co when the cognitive functions combine together and create combos, and then they're able to produce humor as a result. Anyone can be humorous. They just have to realize, they just have to have mastery over combining their functions to create humorous content. Like for me, I'm just sarcastic. Uh, and that's kind of where my humor comes from. But then there's people like you with ESFP subconscious who are actually like legitimately funny about literally everything. And it's just this form of labels and mocking, which I very much enjoy. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Our next question comes from best pal. And he asks in social engineering vids, how to S E E N T P S. You say 
that you have to feed optimistic functions to win people over. In relation to compatibility, does this mean that relationships that link optimistic to optimistic functions work best or just give us the most joy? Uh, or does short, it not matter? Short answer is yes. Long answer is no. Uh, long answer no being you want to make sure you have all of the functions covered, not just the optimistic functions. Uh, but right. because the optimistic functions are feeding into the pessimistic functions through cognitive access over time, that'll be fine. But you want to make sure, you know, for a long-term relationship, especially in the context of golden pair, your cognitive functions are matching up exactly. And then as a result, you can have the best or most optimized or efficient relationship that exists. Perfect. Uh, next question. Is the super ego only accessible through demon mode? If not, what other time do we switch to it? No, uh, chair. Yeah, I mean, you can be pushed into your superego against your will through nurtural situations. Otherwise, the most healthy way to get to your superego is through developing your subconscious and your unconscious first. And once they're developed, you can begin the process of developing your superego. That's where I am kind of at in the stage of my life right now. I am starting the process to develop my superego in a very healthy way. And I'm just allowing myself uh, to be that sarcastic asshole every now and then uh, in such a way for the benefit of my, my, fel my fellow human beings, not necessarily for my own joy, as it were. Um, I actually uh -huh. had a discussion about this last night with an ENTJ about how they can actually develop their FE, um, their FE demon. So I'll share this story with you folks right now because it's actually pretty profound. And I explained to him directly, and I said, well, you're going to have to learn how to dutifully give gifts to other people without any strings attached, without any expectation of return on investment whatsoever. You give a gift and it's not a present because a present is what you want as an ENTJ to give to somebody else. It's you desiring to give that thing to someone else has nothing to do with that. You need to spend time finding out what they want and getting them a gift which is something they want, not something you want to give them. That's a present because you're presenting it to them. But a gift is giving something to somebody that they actually want. And then not only that, when you give it to them, no, expect no expectation for a return on investment, no strings attached whatsoever. You are giving for the sake of giving and never expecting anything in return. That is how an ENTJ develops their FE demon. Good luck let getting them to that point where they can actually do that. Because from their point of view... ENTJs are the people that I teach, you know, guess what? Uh, selfishness or greed in the moment is not justified by uh, uh, generosity in the past. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So based on that, like ENTJs have to learn to actually give to other people without truly expecting anything in return ever. Giving for the sake no of covert contracts. No covert contracts. Pick up no, no pick up no more Mr. Nice Guy and show it up to the camera again, really quick. No more Mr. Nice Guy. I'd sing it right now, but I'm afraid we'd get copy striked. Yeah. Maybe if I maybe if I sang it like Eric Cartman, we wouldn't get copy striked. What do you reckon? Uh, I don't know. You know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no more Mr. Nice Guy. No. No covert contracts. That's the trick. No covert contracts. Uh, do you have anything more you want to add, or is that it? That's it. All right. Oh, God. Okay. I'm going to ask this question very vaguely. So this person wants you to type a certain person from history who's notorious for 
being a person involved in World War II. And right. their justification is everywhere online it says that he's an INFJ. I don't want to say his name because I feel like, you know, Google with their algorithms going to transcribe it and be like, said person's name demonetized. Um, That's true. So everyone online says he's an INFJ, but you were affirmant that he wasn't when I commented on one of your videos recently. Yeah. Uh, just to make it clear, uh, yes, he is not an INFJ. No, I will not reveal the actual type that he actually is. And, we, I, will not, <laughs> and I will not discuss this publicly whatsoever. Maybe oh, privately. I'm glad I didn't people. say it. Maybe privately with some people I will. Otherwise, no, we will not be doing that. Because <laughs> the type that he actually is, is, uh, yeah, no thank you. Not going in that direction. So, next. Uh, next. Um... Who is the most corrupt INFJ you've ever seen? And can the same corruption happen to an ISFJ? I have met a two really, really corrupt INFJs in my life. I will not reveal who they are. I will not reveal my right. relationship to them. But yes, I know some really, really corrupt INFJs. Actually, three of them now that I think about it. Uh, and uh, one of them was where that story of being willing to steal for their friends, basically, or steal for someone right. in need, and they elect themselves as crazy Robin Hood person or whatever to, you know, steal clothing out of a store for, like, a homeless guy or something like that. That's absolutely ridiculous. And, like, they went to jail for that. Like, no. And uh, another one who has some serious sexual issues. Actually, two of the other ones have some serious sexual issues. Um and they get insanely corrupt, and they really, really take uh, like there's there's cheating involved, there's uh, violating the tenets of polyamory involved. It's not exactly a healthy situation. They are not healthy people to be around, and I do not recommend anyone be around them whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, I do know some corrupt INFJs, and it's because they're mirroring terrible people, so and unhealthy people when they just need to get the losers out of their life and they'd actually be a lot healthier themselves. <laughs> so just get the losers out of your life. Get the losers out of your life. Perfect. Okay. Next question. You speak of gut microbiomes in your materials. What's the best way to restore a healthy gut microbiome after undergoing antibiotic treatment for H pylori? Um, you'd have to talk to John Brisson at fixyourgut.com. You can actually talk to John Brisson at any time on uh, the Discord server because John is a member of the CSJ Discord server. Uh, he's the main content contributor at, at fixyourgut.com. There's a lot of different yep. ways. You could do probiotics, you could do GOS. Uh, there's even some arguments uh, that um, being raw vegan can change your microbiome, uh, colostrum, uh, drinking baby milk, uh, mother's milk from like a, a human mother you know that she's nursing but you're basically drinking right. milk yourself to restore your microbiome there's a lot of different options out there that you could actually do that with so well i mean i know a little bit about this and i prescribe to the theory that the appendix is actually a uh, an area where your body support uh stores uh excess uh, bacteria yes. for the gut yeah exactly except i don't so have realistically... one because mine exploded when i was four years old and i got sepsis and i almost died and i have a huge scar right in front of my gut and i mean it's huge it's like seven inches 
a deep, deep scar from that surgery when I was four years old and I like almost died on the table. It was insane. And I'm very thankful <laughs> to be alive because I'm a survivor. So. Well, well, as I was about to say before you said that, um, if you have your appendix still, realistically, if you just fed your gut prebiotics, you should realistically be able to get it back to scratch. Now, the issue comes in if you don't have an appendix, because then you need to probably feed yourself some uh, probiotics at that point. Um, but yeah, uh, do some more research into that. Speak to John. Uh, he's got some good articles on his website you could probably read into. Next question. Where did you... Oh, could you consciously change into your shadow? You previously stated you've used your ISFJ con subconscious for two years your wife similar to subconscious how do you think i will be able to stay in my shadow how long do you think i will be able to stay in my shadow well uh, that just all depends you could stay in your shadow because you're forced to against your will if you're trying to do it willfully that's just very limited at time it's however much it's really however much mental energy you have because right. once you run out of mental energy you're going to go back in your ego to try to recharge and that's that's basically right. simply how to answer that question yeah, I mean, like for example, I'm an I'm an introvert, yet I can extrovert for you know at least two hours, as evidence, as evident by these streams. I think they count as extroverting, even though it's just they like do. me and you, and then like other people in chat. Yep. Um, where do you get the names for your functions? You're my primary source of information. I cross reference to other sites, but I can't find the names hero, parent, etc. anywhere else. Talk to Doctor John B B about that. B E E B E buy his book, and you should be good to go on that dr john bb what is it about each individual type that makes them more masculine or feminine uh basically if your interaction style is direct uh, then you are technically have more masculine energy within your ego if you're a starter type you're more informative so you technically have more feminine energy in your ego however as you develop your subconscious, aka your anima, animus, etc., you'll be able to tap into the other energy on the other side as you become a more balanced human being and have access to both energies simultaneously. Same goes for direct types who have that masculine energy and they can actually develop their feminine energy over time because it's all about primary and secondary, even though your subconscious, aka your anima animus, is already the opposing gender of your ego to begin with. There still is the overarching uh, energies of masculine and feminine uh, per uh, archetype to begin with outside of your physical gender. So, All right. Uh, next question. A person gives a link and he says, I found this Reddit post about why we should drop cognitive functions. I skimmed over it admittedly, but I'm no expert on any of this. What's your take? Ask that question I mean, again. I don't even think you. I don't even think you need to read it. So, someone posted a link to a Reddit post of someone saying why we should drop cognitive functions. And what's your take on it? I mean, I don't even think you need to read it because basically it's just some MBTI crap saying that MBTI is more important than cognitive functions and forgetting the foundation. This is a of Discord question, right? Yeah, this is a Discord question. Yeah, I want to skip that next. Um, do certain personality types have a natural proclivity to master an archetype of the more of the mature masculine slash feminine, or is there absolutely no correlation in regards to human nurture and nature? Uh, there is no real correlation, but in terms of society bias, people would say that ENTJ men and uh, 
ESTJ men, actually in charge types, uh, men develop uh, masculinity faster than the rest. Uh, and starter type women develop uh, the feminine uh, faster than the rest, uh, specifically amongst the extroverts. Uh, well, actually, out of everybody. So that's just a societal bias that has nothing to do with reality or nurture or nature at all. It's just our stupid bias here within uh, first world society. Okay, next question. Hello, Mr. C.S. Joseph. I have an ISTP friend and he's consistently telling me that he can predict the future. I tell him that if he can predict the future, he must be an any user. But he keeps telling me that he's verified it many times and I am dead wrong. And when I tell him that ISTPs only care about what's happening at the moment and they can't really tell the future, he tells me that I'm wrong again and that Chase's logic and understanding of ISTPs is flawed. And now he's been typing many any users such as Steve Jobs and Sherlock Holmes who can obviously predict the future as ISTPs and telling me that NI can pre predict the future in a different way and that he's just like them and that he can predict the future as well. Is it possible that he's bipolar and has two types, or is there another explanation for this? Or he's an INTP, LOL, <laughs> and uh, he needs to uh, he needs to actually read the actual definitions of the functions. I prefer Dr. John Beebe and the cognitive senses, according to Carl Jung, uh, and he should do his research. Next. Having seen the trickster video, can we assume a tendency for disloyalty in ENTJs or not? Yes, we can. If feel they're they only loyalty as offered. loyal as you are to them. Right. So they mirror your loyalty. Yep. Hello, CS Joseph. I'm an ENTJ and I have an ESTJ father as well as an ENFJ grandmother. And we tend to fight a lot with each other. What can I do to stop this? Ask that again. So ENTJ, who has an ESTJ father and an ENFJ grandmother, and they fight a lot with each other, how can they stop this? ENTJ father, ENFJ grandmother? No, no. no, no. E it's an ENTJ person who has an ESTJ father and an ENFJ grandmother. Hmm. So the father of the ENTJ is an ESTJ. Get away from them. And the get away from them. Yeah, like seriously, get away from them. Like I, there's not much that there's not much an ENTJ can do. They're super pragmatic, and both those types are affiliative, and they're getting in, and they're like, you need to do the right thing. You need to do the right thing. And the ENTJ is like, I'm not doing the right thing. I'm just gonna do whatever I want. Screw you. So based on the situation, right. the ENTJ just needs to get away from them and be free. Well, that could, means moving could the ENTJ out, in place? They should probably do that. Right. Could the ENTJ just develop their subconscious, say, for, you know, family dinners or whatever, like Christmas dinners or birthdays or whatever, that they could uh, yeah, interact fine. better? Yeah, but the, the thing is, though, NTJs, probably, NTJ, like NTs in general, but NTJs really have it bad socially uh, because, uh, I mean, as much as NTPs can complain about being, you know, under socialized and having a lot of social issues they still have fe so they still have a huge leg up socially over the ntjs but ntjs are consistently demonized derided uh by other um der derogatorized by other types or other people on a consistent basis because no one will just accept them for who they are and in my opinion ntjs are the absolute in my because i'm an 
NTP. I love NTJs. I love NTJs the most. I absolutely adore them. And the thing is, though, is that they all have issues. Um, they, um, they have these problems where people just assume that they're terrible people, assume that they're really bad socially, assume that, well, you're selfish, you just do whatever you want, you don't care about doing the right thing. And even though they're very, very caring, and they're just trying to be a good person, but at the end of the day, they're consistently treated like crap. And that's not fair. You know, so the only thing this ENTJ can do is literally get away from those people. Like seriously, get away from them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, next question. I feel like many people may be able to relate with this, but I've typed myself as an INTJ. However, fairly frequently, I find myself thinking that I'm a different type, such as an ENTP or an INFJ. I essentially find reasons to justify that I'm one type or the, or the or another. The lines seem blurred to me sometimes, and I get into questioning whether I have confirmation bias for all my findings and even wonder if it's worth doing all the thinking all this thinking for a theory that may or may not stand true in reality. Is it common for INTJs to be in constant limbo with their thinking in this way? It would be nice to find closure in my type so I can see about them getting into typing others. Thanks. That was a really big question. Can you condense that for me in a more understandable format? All right. So this guy typed himself as an INTJ, and right. now he's questioning whether he's an ENTP or an INFJ. And Okay. He's finding reasons to justify why he's one type or another, and it's blurring the lines. Okay, he needs to watch season I... two and season 15 completely. He also needs to look at the virtue and vice lectures of season seven. And just compare and contrast until he comes up with right. the answer. And then he also needs to practice typing other people. And, and then he said, uh, he gets into this confirmation bias. And then he said, is it common for INTJs to be in constant limbo and thinking this way? Yes, it is, because their TI critic is trying to verify the truth. So they spend a lot of extra time trying to verify everything. It's one of the things that, it's why I love the INTJ mind so much, is because their incessant need to verify truth so that their beliefs match up with the truth. So it makes them valuable, and it also leads to them being brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, next question. It seems pretty known that ISFPs and INFPs identify more often than not with being an empath. It is often mentioned that they can be pretty great lie detectors. They both have FI hero, so there is a link between FI hero and being able to tell someone that is able of lying? Question mark? So it's, so it's put it simply, is there a link between FI hero and being able to tell someone's lying? No, there isn't. Or is that just or no. is that just FE just worrying that they're a bad person, constantly accusing someone of lying and then being right twice a day no. like a broken clock? No, because from an SE standpoint, you have to focus on one person at a time and look at the history of everything they've ever said and look for inconsistencies, and then you know they're lying. Or if you're an NE user, your introverted sensing is able to compare every person you've ever experienced in the past and you can see the patterns of people's of the past and match that pattern with the person in front of you and see if those match and then you can basically know whether or not they're lying. That's how you lie detect, okay? Has nothing to do uh, with what this uh, person initially asked in terms of how to do a uh, lying. Uh, and Jab, since we're in the second hour now, let's do another round of Platinum Q&A uh, and uh, Silver Q&A. Let's do another round, one question each person since we're in the second hour. Roger that. Let me just pin this so we know where I'm up to. 
All right, let's start with Platinum. Okay. Would someone with split personality disorder have two separate types, two different typing quadra? Uh, the answer to that question is, is that we don't know for sure. We've seen certain examples of that over time, uh, but it's just correlation. It's not causation. So we don't know. Furthermore, I'm not an expert in psychiatry, so I have no business commenting on it in the first place. Next question. Okay. So given that the answer was, I don't know, should we answer his next question? Uh, sure. All right, with the context of TI being prone to getting stuck in assumptions, do you think you could be wrong about any of your typings done via live stream? And how do you mediate confirmation bias? I mean, it, it can happen, but uh, the thing is, though, is that any time that I have been wrong or at least feel I may have been wrong, I go back with TI Parent and verify it anyway, and then I admit to mm -hmm. whether or not I made that mistake. But no, uh, we haven't had that happen yet. I'm very confident in the typings that we've done so far. The only right. one that would remotely potentially be uh, questionable, I would say, would have been John Cleese, but we spent so much mm -hmm. time verifying that he was an INTJ, then that's all we had to do. So, Right. Okay. Next question. Would you do a video over all the points where you disagree with Young? Um, yeah, I could, but there's really no point in doing that because you can see how I differ from Jung to begin with anyway. So, I mean, it's, it should be mm -hmm. self-evident at this point. Right. Maybe even a, a simple article. Yeah. That's more of an Could article. Um, do abstract thinkers have an easier time thinking concretely than a concrete thinker thinking abstractly? Uh, the answer to that is no, there it's definitely equal difficulty across the board. <clears throat> That's good to know. Um, so regular patrons are going to get another question. Yep. The silver. All right. As an ENFP, I would suggest ma making sure you have Okay, that doesn't sound like a question. That's just an answer to someone else's question. Um, if Logos is TIFE and Ethos is TEFI, and is Pathos also associated with the cognitive axis? Uh, no, Logos is TI alone. Uh, ethos is uh, very TE. Uh, you could also argue that Ethos could be FE. <laughs> pathos, you could argue that is TE or FE, etc. But in reality, Pathos is FI, actually, uh, as an appeal. Uh, so uh, there's actually a fourth appeal that's missing. It's an incomplete system. So it's actually a flawed system. There is an, an individual uh, outlook per function. We just don't know what the fourth appeal is because the Greeks never figured it out. Next. Okay. Uh, what do you think about type and the D&D &D character alignments? I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. Me neither, unfortunately. I mean, the only like the uh, only desire I would ever have to uh, play Dungeons and Dragons is specifically there is some awesome INTJ woman uh, playing it that I intended on dating. Otherwise, I'd have no desire whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of computer games which use like the D and D character creation model to create your character. Like, I think Neverwinter Nights did that. Yeah, but <laughs> that's not not a priority for me. 
I don't right, right, do right. tabletop games. Like the only tabletop game I would do is actually a card game, and that's Magic the Gathering. Oh no 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 no! I'm talking then, about computer games. Uh, well, I mean, I, I remember I think of the Republic too. Like Kotor two is like literally the one of the best games ever made. It's unbelievable how good it is, especially with like on Steam you have like that expansion to it, which makes it even better. You know. And I think you might even have that phenomenon with the Dragon Age games as well. I think they use a D&D system. Yeah, but I hated Dragon Age. And I haven't played video games in a very, <laughs> very long time. So, Fair enough. Let's go on to the next question then. How can I not let my TI trickster function get to me? I'm an ESFP. My TI function makes we me already, feel... We already answered that, actually. Oh, did we? Yep. Okay. Oh, did you like answer that and I didn't delete it? Okay, uh, I'm an ENFJ and a computer programmer. I feel like I am the only high FE user that is a pro also a programmer. I know it helps me develop my TI, but sometimes I feel like I'm in the wrong field. Do you think this is a good career path for ENFJs? NFJs are amazing computer programmers. Yes, it is a good career decision for NFJs. Yes, especially INFJs. Mm -hmm. ENFJs can be super mega amazing as long as they're providing value as long as they are seeing themselves as someone who is actually helping a cause with the stuff that they are programming other than that they should be good to go nfjs are amazing computer programmers do not think otherwise they are awesome in fact okay a lot of my it people and my development people are infjs for a reason <laughs> yeah um, my cart i am a first... good comedian yeah, he's not as good as me, so... That's true. Uh, That's true. I'm not as good as Chad. Yeah. Um, next question. As a male ESTP, how can I persuade my male ENTJ roommate to improve himself and his relationships? He's being very mature and many times lazy. Is this type proven to be hereditary? I have seen many instances of this. I think by hereditary means is this common for ENTJs? No, that's, that's an all nurture. That's all nurture. A lot of ENTJs have more mastery over women than ESTPs do with their relationships. So I don't, I don't think there's an issue, really. I mean, it's just a nurture problem, and there's not much an ESTP can do other than just to straight criticize the ENTJ, and that's it. Yeah. Just don't be a hypocrite when you're doing it. All right, so that's all the Patreon questions that aren't, doubled you know, up. Do, uh, doubled up. Yeah, exactly. So do you want to go back to the Discord? Or? Did, did we get Valentina a second time? Just want to double check. Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. She wrote three questions and I got the first one. Yeah, uh, Tanya, if, if you are missing us, then you need to put in the, uh, if, you're, if your question's being missed somehow, you need to put in the Q&A uh, channel and say, I am Tanya, this is the question. Like, you need to communicate here. Don't communicate on the YouTube stream. Communicate within the actual Patreon Silver Q&A channel. That way we verify, know for a fact, you are, who are you, you are who you are because your question and your name does not match, right? So, like, please communicate with us so that we're doing it properly. Right. Um, well, I'll just keep asking some more Discord questions so we can get through a few more of them. Sure. I think we just smash out a few more really quickly, and then once we see that question come back up, we'll have a look at it. Um, boo, 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 boo. All right. How would an INTP son live under an ICJ authoritarian parent? 
Because it sounds like a hard case of child abuse, yeah. Yeah, it's even worse for an INTJ to live under an ISTJ authoritarian. What's up? Alright, say again. Chase? So the question was, how would an INTP son live under an ISTJ authoritarian parent? Because it sounds like a hard case of child abuse here. Oh yeah, potentially that would suck. So it's on the INTP to grow up and move out and recognize it's their own fault. <laughs> like, sorry, if you're in that situation, look at yourself in the mirror and realize it's on you. And if you're underage, right. well, you know what you could do? You could go outside, go to the freaking dumpster, especially if you live in California, get bottles out of the dumpster, save up some money by taking those bottles to the recycle center, get some money, use that money to go to a food hand, get a food handler's permit, and then go work at McDonald's, get a job, start saving some money, get yourself a car so you get a better job, and that way, by, and then go to community college while you're 16 at the same time, get college credit and high school credit simultaneously so you can graduate with an associate's degree when you're 18. Thusly, you could actually get a better job or potentially transfer to a better school, and then you could get out while saving a bunch of money. It's all on you. Like, stop complaining about, like, who your parents are. I mean, my parental situation growing up sucked, but at the end of the day, I had to take personal responsibility for getting myself out of the house. It's super important. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's Absolutely. all on you. The person who is responsible for this is the person you see when you look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, the only person you can rely on is yourself in life. And, you know, if you do manage to find someone who you can actually rely on, like, put a ring on it. Yeah. I'm not seeing this question by Tanya, by the way. It's, like, not even in the uh, Patreon Q&A channel. I don't even see it. And when I try to, like, ping Tanya, uh, it doesn't. it's not coming up with that name. So hopefully this person can put their question in that channel again and we'll get to it. But otherwise, I'm just not seeing it. So sorry we missed it, I guess, if we did. I, or maybe it's in a completely different uh, channel entirely. I don't know. Just a heads up, we're severely backlogged on the regular questions, but you know, we're gonna we'll be we're, we're at 2019. We're at 2019 now, so we'll get that going for us. We're no longer in 2018. We're no longer living in the previous year. Yep. So this next question is: Does an ENFP superego (ESTP) get physical, as in beating someone up? Or yes. to put that question simply, how does an ENFP superego behave? I actually talked about this very recently uh in how do entps compare to enfps just watch that lecture season 10 episode 4 and you'll have that question answered okay perfect um what seduction style would an istp have uh rake r-a-k-e okay the rake uh next question whoop Question about a specific situation. I am an I, I am an ENFJ and all my best friends at the moment and my boyfriend are INFP or INFJ. They often talk a lot about their inner life, inner thoughts and what goes on inside and they are all very talkative. I find this very, very draining. I need to talk about different things than just what goes on inside them for so long. I have high value for listening to people and making them feel listened to. So I'm unsure of what to do with these personalities and if this is something I need to communicate or how to make the situation change and more bearable for me. Um, this person seems a bit more responding to me. Are you sure you're an ENFJ? 
Yeah, it doesn't sound ENFJ to me, to be honest. Um, and an ENFJ would absolutely be very interested in uh, what these people are talking about from a subject matter uh, point of view. So I think they'll have to re-ask that question in a different way for us to be able to answer it properly. So we're going to go ahead and skip that question. And uh, I see in the uh, YouTube chat, CS Joseph, could you change the 18 plus rule to Discord, please? And the answer to that question is hell no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> the last time we had minors on our server, uh, we were catching uh, certain men enticing underage girls uh, and in a very, very bad way. And uh, we will not have that liability. We will not have that within our community whatsoever. So that just kind of right. ruined it for everybody. And minors are not welcome on our Discord server. So wait till you're 18, and then you can join our Discord server because we will not have that happening in our community whatsoever. So. Fair enough. Um, so shall I go on to the next question? Yes, please do. All right. As an INTP, how do I respond when someone asks me, how do you feel about XYZ? I really struggle to answer the question and just state the fact or observation about it generally. That's okay. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Next. Next question. I have an INTP friend who can be really careless at times, especially to his girlfriend, who is a really close friend of mine, and she is always pointing it out. I have called her out on it, but how should I approach the INTP friend about it, since it is his inferior function, and I don't want him to get defensive and all? Careless in what way? I'm, let's just assume that the question that's being asked is being asked properly. Uh, that if they're being careless, it's just because they're being selfish about their own experience and what they themselves are doing etc and it's through mm -hmm. that selfishness um essentially because they're so focused on their own introverted sense and they're so focused on their own experience and things that they have done that day or whatever that could be an issue while having no interest whatsoever in what his woman has potentially done that's an issue intps need to be more supportive than that so use your esfj subconscious to be uh, supportive to your woman in that regard so you're not coming off selfish in that way otherwise that's the only way that i know the answer to answer that question to give the information we've been given Okay. Well, the next question is, hey, Chase, what is the cognitive attitude of the demon? The video is actually out now. Maybe it wasn't when this question was asked, but yeah. watch the video. Watch the video, season 16, episode 8. Next. Um... Sorry about that. Um, I have a hypothesis. Sorry, did I cut you off? No, you're good. I have a hypothesis that the types in a hero child loop tend to become like a backward-facing version of their aspirational type. So an INFJ will become like an inferior version of an ISTP rather than a superior version of an ESTP, like what they want to be. Furthermore, that pessimistic functions flip to become optimistic ones and optimistic ones become pessimistic ones when the type is running in full power aspirational mode. What do you think of this hypothesis? Uh, the hypothesis, the first half of that hypothesis is absolutely fundamentally incorrect. The second half of the hypothesis is correct. Okay, next question. Would ISTPs be more likely to become hoarders or shoplifters because they just pick out shit that they want constantly because of immature or unhealthy child function? Answer that question is no. Um... Nothing is being mentioned in a person. 
Is that even a question? Oh, yes, it is. Nothing has been explained that a person with a demon function cannot use it better than a trickster function. However, it has never been discussed that demon functions can perform more slash less of the trickster function than the demon slot. Why would a person with TI trickster function not be able to use that function, but a person with TI demon would be able to complete a logical thought that's even on less FPS, unless it's because it's the gateway to the super ego? It's because it's well, a gateway they... function. Okay. And you need to look at cognitive functions. Stop looking at cognitive functions individually. You need to look at cognitive functions in groups or in combinations or axes or orbits. Right. I've been watching your videos on the differences between direct and responding, and I was wondering about something you said. You mentioned all people have the ability to do to be everything. It just comes down to preference and the ego. I'm an INTJ and consider triple movement in these occurrences. Would a person be able to control with any frequency? All that we have is control in the superego. If it would be unhealthy for us to use a superego to exercise the control aspect in their life. Um, he said direct versus responding, and I kind of got derailed because that didn't make sense. Can you uh, make can you make it make sense to me? Because <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. So direct versus responding seems like an irrelevant fact rather than drawing yeah. you to the to the video. You mentioned that all the people have the ability to be everything. It just comes down to preference in the ego. It also comes down to like what sides of their minds are because, I mean, my INTJ shadow is direct, but my ego is informative. And I'm primarily my ego, so I'm primarily informative. It's all about primary versus secondary. Right, so this person is saying, as an INTJ, they can they triple movement. So would they be able to use their control function with any frequency, since mm, all that they have is control in the superego? Only through developing their superego is the only way. Otherwise, the answer is okay. No. Okay, yeah. So I wonder if it would be unhealthy for us to use the superego to exercise the control aspect in our life. Not if you developed it correctly. Yeah. But if you start door slamming everyone because you're very immature with it, then yeah, that's probably unhealthy. Yep. Um, question one. Can you please explain why SI hero would intimidate SE inferior, but SI inferior wouldn't? Because it's sending and receiving. Uh... Let's uh, talk about bad sexual experiences. An SI hero, it's like, wow, SE inferior, you're so weak. You can't even, like, give me a good experience because of how weak you are. And then SI hero just laughs at SE inferior it's in, in the bedroom. Like, literally will laugh at them in the bedroom. Wow, you're, like, so needy. You're, you try to get so deep, you know, ha, 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 whatever. And literally mocking them in the bedroom in that experience. So, yes, SI hero could definitely be intimidating to SE inferior. Okay. Um, of the two any doms, which one is more introverted? Uh, that would be the ENTP because their subconscious is behind the scenes. Also known as background type, ISFJ. Okay. The ENTP is the most introverted of the extroverts. Chase, have you ever had a mystical experience? I know people who have. I had one about six years ago after reading a book on Buddhism. It lasted three days, but it was an experience of almost cognitive synchronicity, including thinking about calling an old friend 
and having them just appear in front of me a few moments later. Do you have any thoughts on this subject? I don't know how to define a mystical experience properly to answer this question in the way that it needs to be answered. Uh, but I will state that I'm a very spiritual person and my spiritual belief system is one that I developed for myself and it is my own and no one else has it basically based on my own research, based on my own soul searching, based on my own journey. And uh, that is very unique to me and it is nobody's business whatsoever. The only person that I would ever be completely comfortable with sharing every aspect of it would be like my wife essentially. But since I don't have a wife, that basically means I'm not, or even a girlfriend for that matter, I am not uh, interested in really uh, sharing that part of me until I allow someone uh, to be uh, close to me as a result. So, but yes, next question. All right. Are the four sides of the mind optimistic slash pessimistic in the same pattern as the cognitive attitudes are? Ego, optimistic, shadow, pessimistic, sub-optimistic, super-ego, pessimistic. That was way too so fast. What are these people even asking? So are they are so they're asking is the ego optimistic and the shadow pessimistic and does that therefore make the subconscious optimistic and the super ego pessimistic? No, um, we talked about this uh, in uh, not the letter dichotomies debunked. Uh, we talked about this in ambiversion, the lecture uh, that's titled ambiversion. Look up that one. Ambiversion is a lie, uh, and we talk about why ambiversion is not really true, but I actually touched on the answer to this question in that lecture, so please watch that lecture for the answer to that question. Okay, next question. How to help an ESTJ who is addicted to Pokemon Go? Uh, well, at least they're getting exercise. Yeah. Unless they're driving around in their car. Oh, I hate people who drive around in their car and play Pokemon Go. ESTJs uh, are also like to play ingress as well uh in their car my coworker was a hardcore ingress player i introduced him to the game and he went he got to uh he got highest level available in that game i think it's uh i think it's level 16 i'm still level 9 and i've been level 9 for years because i just haven't cared that much although the new version of ingress looks very visually dope and it's a very fantastic but uh uh i don't know what to say because they're just going to look at you with indignance if you try to challenge them on it. You can criticize them, but is it really worth criticizing them? Just let them have fun, I guess. I, unless it's getting in the way of their life, uh, then you can criticize them. Or getting in the way of their uh, relationships, etc. Uh, could you please suggest some hobbies for an INFJ? I tried a few things, such as learning how to play the guitar, but I never had the discipline or patience to keep going. I'm currently thinking about photography or painting. Uh, computer programming, uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> just focus on being useful and actually helpful to another human being instead of trying to do something for yourself. Uh, I also highly recommend Gung Fu, specifically the disciplines Jeet Kune Do, uh, Wing Chun, uh, and then also other disciplines, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai uh, for, um, for an INFJ. But Jeet Kune Do is absolutely, would be ideal. It's ideal for ENPs and INJs as a discipline. So be like water. Fair enough. Be like water. Get drunk by uh, Java. I drink lots of water, by the way. I also, uh, I also will drink some water. 
next question is how does over developing section secondary functions work like for someone who is actually an extroverted type but has just over developed an introverted function though they appear introverted okay i got distracted say again how does overdeveloping secondary functions work like for someone who is actually an extroverted type but has overdeveloped introverted functions and and therefore appear introverted mm, i don't think they're asking this question properly because that's not legit like what do you mean by okay. overdeveloping and what do you mean by mm, you have to skip that one to be honest all right uh what are ntjs doing in leisure time and their sense of humor research research ntjs do research in their leisure time it's all about reading and researching consistently which makes them awesome yeah i, I kind of feel like chase is informatively like trying to imply that i say re a lot re re um fair enough research um uh... yeah research actually I just I just started thinking like I I do this oh wait that's research I do this oh wait that's research I do this oh wait that's research um research and perhaps something that will help give them what they want so and I so definitely in ENTJ or an INTJ you know they might use gym as a hobby because they want to get their body in shape yep gym or research that's gym or research or yeah, swimming training or something like that. Um, what is the difference between any users wanting others to want them and SE users wanting others to be loyal to them? Uh, SE users give other people a good experience. They want some return on investment on that in exchange for loyalty. They expect loyalty uh, when they're giving other people a good experience because they expect those people to remember those good experiences over time, which creates loyalty in those people towards the SE user. Any users just want to be desired. I'm any hero, uh, which means I very much want to be desired, uh, wanted, mm -hmm. etc. One of the reasons why I divorced uh, my now ex-wife years back because she, her NI inferior was not good enough to want me because she never actually like wanted me whatsoever. So that lack of desire is not something that I could really cultivate in her. So it just caused our relationship to break down, and uh, ultimately it led to divorce. After deciding to be honest with myself and realize that I couldn't change her, nor should I be changing her. So right. I moved on. Woo. That's deep. Uh, next question. I'm talking to one of my ESTJ male friends, and whenever I try to get to know him better, he seems evasive and gives basically non-answers. I'm an ENTP. I might be reading too much into this. Yeah, but what should I do to get him to open up? You make him uncomfortable. Stop trying, like, your SE demon, if you're an ENTP, you are making him uncomfortable. You need to focus on making him comfortable first. Make him feel wanted first. Demonstrate to him that you want him, that you desire to be around him. Then he'll be more comfortable with you. And then as a result of that, uh, he will open up, but only after the fact. Uh, my cart, I'd say like IT manager or a data center expert or someone in DevOps. Next question. Oh, research. Uh, next question. Uh, what are some good lucrative careers for INFPs? I've been considering UX design. 
But I worry it's more of an NJ field. My do, been it is more of an NJ field. Yes, it is. Uh, they can do um, civil engineering, basically any kind of mechanical engineering. Anything that has to do with SOLIDWORKS or AutoCAD, INFPs are amazing at. Uh, being a librarian, being an academic, being a professor of some kind, uh, a physicist. Uh, <laughs> INFPs are also amazing philosophers. Uh, and, and in my opinion, it's possible, my opinion, INFPs, uh, out of all of the types, have the potential of becoming the most brilliant of all of the types at the end of the day, as they gain in stature academically. So, so, um, the guy also finished the sentence with uh, he was put in charge of public relations tasks recently. Should he explore that as a field? Yeah, uh, NFPs are extremely good at PR. They're very, very good at PR for sure, and all about bending the narrative uh, to suit the will of the organization they represent i recommend uh, reading ryan holiday's work specifically trust me i'm lying uh, that will give you some pointers on how to go about proper pr practices perfect and he's an entp uh uh next question is uh, are frank and claire from house of cards intj and entp i have don't watch the show sorry Frank Chase, this is up to you. Underwood, like we already typed him in a recent type stream. I just don't remember what we said he was. He's not an INTJ. I think we said though. he was an ENTJ. Didn't we say he was an ENTP? No, I think he's an ENTJ. Okay. According to the episode we did on Frank Underwood. Next. Um, uh, or it could have been an ESTJ. Yep. Ah, uh, super chat advice for the INTJ. Brother relationship, please, ESFP. So I think this is an ESFP with an INTJ brother. Any advice for their relationship? Uh, you have to uh, pretend to care about their feelings, uh, basically. Uh, you have to let them do whatever they want and have a choice. You have to give up your choice for the sake of their choice. Uh, you have to give up your feelings for the sake of their feelings. You have to um, never ask them what they think and let them ask you what you think and pretend that you actually know something. Uh, it's just a lot of pretending. Uh, in that ESFP INTJ relationship and for some reason people who think duality relationships are actually super compatible those people can like literally go into the dumpster because that's not even remotely accurate uh, good luck uh, if you want some tips on how to do that functional emulation go into season one watch the episode uh, functional uh, emulation of the cognitive functions and you'll gain some tips on how to do that properly wow perfect uh, let's keep moving forward Hi, how to try and make an ESTP commit. Thank you. Getting an ESTP commit is just as hard as getting an INFP or an INTP to commit. <laughs> uh, it's really difficult uh, to get an ESTP to commit. Uh, basically, you have to give them an ultimatum. You have to be like, hey, I'm loyal to you. I have this huge track record of loyalty to you. Why do you think that you cannot commit me to this? Like, do you not want me? Because if you don't want me, I'm going to find someone else who does. Because if you don't want me, this is your opportunity. Like you know like get off the pot if you're not going to take a crap like seriously <laughs> wow yeah you really just have to move for an ultimatum and be like here's your choices you could choose to commit or you could choose not to commit and if this is an estp man and you're a woman you as the feminine have the right to challenge the masculine to keep the masculine strong always challenge the masculine always test 
the masculine. It is the function of the feminine. It is what the feminine exists to do. The masculine cannot be strong without the challenge of the feminine. So make sure you are challenging him consistently and you'll be more successful in your relationship. Do it respectfully, but always make sure that your challenge is put forth. Okay. Do you suggest an INTP follow the book Mastery? Yes. Perfect. Hi, Chase. In the last live stream, you claimed that Tulsa was an INTP. Can you elaborate on that? I personally think he's an INTJ. Who? Tesla. Tesla? Yeah, Tesla is an NTP, for sure. He allowed people like Edison to take full advantage of him in the same way that, he, that Benjamin Franklin allowed someone to take advantage of him that caused him to be str uh, stranded in London for many, many years before he made it back to the colonies. Yes, right. Tesla is an NTP. He is not an INTJ. Hey, uh, I'm going to beat real, real quick. Um, I found Tanya's question and moved it over to Patreon Q&A, so you can grab it from there. Thank you. Oh, did she post it in the wrong channel? Okay, hi, this is Tanya again. My question was an answer, so please answer it. Thanks, I'm an ESF... I did answer that question, actually. I actually did answer that question. But I'll answer it again. And thank you, uh, Puddin' Pops. Um, so, uh, how can I understand my TI Trickster function better? Basically, uh, if, in order for you to develop, you need to develop your subconscious and your unconscious first in the same way that you would your demon function. But uh, your TI Trickster is just that you're just, you know, as an ESFP, you're focused on beliefs and beliefs only and belief systems. So you can't verify your beliefs. It doesn't matter how much research you do. You're just going to be always thinking about what other people are saying or thinking about a particular subject. You need to surround yourself with TI users and let them verify your beliefs for you. Get multiple TI users around you through verification of your beliefs. Uh, that way, if they're all saying the same thing, it's more likely to be true. And then you can have confidence that your beliefs are actually matching the truth. Otherwise, do not rely, rely on your verification whatsoever, because if, the more you try to verify, the more you're going to fail in that area, and then you're going to start believing the wrong thing. And the only other thing I would add to that is read, 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 research, 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 develop your TE child as much as possible to try to stave off um, belief systems uh, being uh, intermixed with lies, essentially. Okay. Uh, next question: Would you ever start a college? Because I'd love to love every. I'd love to learn everything related to what you already teach. Uh, no, I will not be starting a college or even getting remotely involved in the collegiate process. If anyone wants to give me an honorary degree somewhere, I'm totally down for that. But that'll be the extent of my exposure to anything collegiate related. Otherwise, uh, we'll have courses and other things available uh, online through Patreon or Teachable or our website in the near future so that you can continue to learn and study the subject matter. Otherwise, I'll have nothing to do with the collegiate system at this time. Fair enough. Um, is Richard Feynman an ENTP or an ENFP? No idea. Next. You don't know who Feynman is? Nope. I mean, I've heard of him, but I haven't really watched much of his lectures. Um, an INFJ's main export in life is helping people. In this sense, what is an INTJ's main export in life? Making people more intelligent, optimized, and efficient. Fair enough. You say life is about wisdom. Please define wisdom. Uh, wisdom is the lesson that you learn as a result of failure. 
Next question. Why do you think INFJs make up at least half of the patrons supporting your Patreon? Because statistically, when people look into MBTI or Jungian analytical psychology related subject matter, uh, INFJs are more interested in this subject matter than any of the other types. Mm -hmm. um, I'm having a lot of difficulty typing my family members. Is this common? And is there a particular reason why one might struggle with this? Sometimes the people closest should... to you are the hardest to type. Okay. Especially because you've Early... known them so long, because familiarity breeds contempt. Right. Hmm. Earlier you said you're a critic of Jordan Peterson. Is this because he supports the Big Five? No, I think it's because you called him a globalist. Yeah, he's a globalist. That's my problem with, with uh, Jordan Peterson. The content in 12 Rules for Life is accurate, and I agree with it, and I enjoy that book, but I do not appreciate the company that he keeps. And while he may deny that he is a globalist uh, by words, uh, if we are going to judge him by his deeds, uh, he's definitely a globalist, and I'm not interested in... Uh, I mean, that's my main criticism of him. So. Okay. Um, I find a system you've made too situational. I'm talking about interaction styles. It depends heavily on people one talks to the situation that person is in specifically the direct or informative part, correct if I'm wrong. Alright, so I'm going to need to like reconstruct this entire set because it doesn't make sense to me. And I doubt it makes sense to you. No, it does not. <laughs> I'm talking about interaction styles. It depends heavily on people one talk to situation person. So I, he's, know, I think he's saying that. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not depressed today. I'm just exhausted. There's a difference. Anyway, continue. Yeah, you know, let's just skip that. I can't like put yeah. that together. Like, it's too hard. Um, will you be doing a video on corrupted types, and will it, would it be linked to the superego? Uh, we toyed with that, but it's not as much of a priority as the other lectures. Maybe we'll get to that eventually. Fair enough. When giving gifts to people, are their general likings tied to their type slash cognitive function, nurture, yes. nature, or a mix of the both, or none of the above? It's mostly nature. Um, can a hero function be? someone's detriment like is it possible to fail with your hero function yes in my case i see it all the time go ahead i'm an esfp with overly self-conscious of my five senses like it freaks me out when i sneeze at work i also find it really uncomfortable when people cough or clear their throat or even stiff i wonder what the deal is lmao help yeah because se hero is all focused on how people in general would react to something so they're only reacting negatively to someone sniffling or clearing their throat like that because people in general they think would they feel that people in general would react to that i don't react that way so because i don't your se hero is just automatically wrong so maybe you should like realize that just because you imagine in your mind that that's how people would typically react to the situation doesn't make it actually true this is something I have a problem with ESTPs with as well, and actually all SPs for that matter. It's really frustrating because, like, for example, I could never really have a close relationship or romantic relationship with an SP woman because they wouldn't be able to handle my intensity. They absolutely would not be able to have handle my intensity because maybe an ISFP could, but the others could not because uh, – 
you know, it doesn't matter like how far I go for them. They're like, well, people would react to that negatively and they would see that as creepy. So I'm automatically going to label you as creepy instead of like actually trying to understand where you're coming from. And I'm just fast to label you and put you in a box and then screw you, you don't have an opinion and you're obviously really bad at this. And it's like, okay, thank you SPs for that. No, thanks. Here's another example of a hero function failing, TI hero. You can get so arrogant and so set in their own thinking that they won't even consider that they might actually be not correct about something. Because here's the problem with TI. You have a logical chain of decisions uh, that's being made, but it's like a Jenga tower. And if there's one flaw, the entire chain above that one flaw is completely wrong. So they need to be course corrected. And that's why TE users exist to course correct the TI users. TI users are very, very brilliant, but they can end up having some serious flaws in their logic. They do not have proper TE research input provided to them for them to think about and process appropriately. So just remember, garbage in, garbage out. That is the problem with TI, and it's especially bad with TI heroes sometimes because they can get so arrogant and stuck in their thinking that they don't even realize how wrong they are. So mm -hmm. I could also- Gotta bring in a TE parent. Yes, exactly. You gotta bring in a TE parent or even a TE hero to make sure it's done right. But even TE hero could be actually be wrong with their research as well. So that's why it's right. nice to have pessimistic functions around optimistic functions to keep the optimistic functions honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're hurting the children, TI hero. Yeah, Stop exactly. hurting the children. Yeah. Um. Does anyone have a complete list of ways to motivate each type? So far, I have an INTJ equals remove support structure. INFP, make them accountable. Mm. I, yeah, we can probably put that together, but it's different for everyone. And that's way too much to cover right now. We're going to have to skip that question right. and table that for a lecture. Or an article. Uh, could we get a lecture on how the subconscious functions are determined and subsequent lectures on what they each relate to added onto season 16? That is season 17. That is coming. All right. Um, I don't really watch your Q&A videos, so I can't tell if this question was asked you before, but nonetheless. Why is the INTP mistyping so common? Even if it's just my perception and it's not that common. Also, which factors could lead to it happening and any tips on how to identify fake INTPs? Okay, so uh, this happens with everyone. The MBTI test itself is at most 40% accurate and can only be utilized for uh, uh, ballparking. Uh, we discussed this at length in the lecture, uh, the MBTI letter dichotomies of debunked, which is just one of our recent lectures. Please watch that lecture and you'll get the answers to that question. Fair enough. Um, why exactly do you think your video on the mature feminine queen archetype is your least popular video? Why do I think my queen archetype is the least popular video? We live mm -hmm. in a feminist society. What do you expect? Feminist women right. don't like being told the truth. Sorry. Like, right. Like, uh, if, if, if women have this attitude that, you know, they're trying to, they, like, they want to have their cake and eat it too. Like, oh, this Disney princess fairy tale uh, standard of, you know, yay, you know, Prince Charming's just going to pick me up, you know, yay, and then sweep me on my feet and I'm good to go. And then I don't have to, like, really earn any of that. That's ridiculous. No, women have to earn the right to be queens. They have to earn the right to be chosen by a king. Someone who is actually king, you know, someone who has the mature masculine, they have to earn that right. How do they earn that right? Well, they work hard. 
and make sure that their beauty is and their humility is available to their man so that they are chosen as a princess to become the queen basically of his kingdom right and if you're just going to be like well i don't have to because you know uh i should be you know uh, whether or not i have a fine ass or not should not be like any part of a man's decision making to get with me and it's like okay well actually i'm sorry but it kind of is because uh whether or not you're physically attractive or not just tells me how much as a woman whether or not you are responsible because here's the thing, if a woman cannot take care of herself, that proves to men in general that you as a woman are irresponsible, okay? And if you're irresponsible and not able to take care of yourself, especially when it comes to your beauty, as it's talked about in the Queen Archetype lecture, then for what reason would a man want to give you his signet ring and make you his queen because it just shows that if you're irresponsible with your own health and your own body that means you're going to be irresponsible in the kingdom you're going to be irresponsible with your subjects you might be an irresponsible mother because it just shows that you don't care right and that's what it says to men it's not about men being like these animals these sexual animals that feminism would teach where it's like, oh, hey, you know, they only care about whether or not I have a fine ass and big tits. That's all they care about. As someone who actually, like, let's be honest, I don't really care whether or not a woman has really large tits or not. I just don't care, okay? Like, I'm attracted to a woman who has amazing hair and, you know, a nice rear end. That's just kind of, that's just kind of like my approach to things. But like, I get, but I'm also an SI user. SI users are more attractive to women in that regard. SE user men, they're all about tits. Let's be honest. That's just how they are. But that's fine. Because guess what? You know, SE user, you know, women uh, have things differently in that regard. And SI user women have things differently in that regard. And their bodies actually develop according to their cognition as a result. And then somehow, some way, they're still attractive to the specific types that they should be for their golden pair. Just allow nature to run its course, folks, and stop freaking out about it. It's like really frustrating, you know. But this idea that, oh, you know, men are animals, you know, they only care if they have a fi if I have a fine ass or a pair of tits, you know, that's, that's categorically wrong. That's absolutely wrong. So like from a feministic standpoint, realize what the truth is. If you are unhealthy, that proves to a man that you are irresponsible. Ergo, not somebody they can be attracted to or trust with their kingdom or their subjects or their children, right? Because that's just, that's just how it works in the male mind. It has nothing to do with them being sexual animals. It has nothing to do with that. It's all about showing and proving responsibility. And if you want to be, as a woman, chosen to be a queen and be given their signet ring as kings, you need to make sure that you are taking responsibility for your beauty. I'm sorry. That's mm -hmm. a fact. Why is that important? Think about it. Women of old, before uh, this feminist society took it, ran its course... They had a lot more time on their hands. And that they did with that time is they spent that time on taking care of their beauty. But women have less time nowadays, especially since we have things like the Federal Reserve, which consistently decides to do quantitative easing, aka printing money, which reduces the buying power of the dollar, which forces women to work in as much as men have to work because it takes two and a half incomes basically right now to provide for a family if you're considering minimum wage two and a half incomes right. because two incomes is not enough which means women don't have time to take care of themselves women don't have time to be healthy they don't have time to grow their beauty 
So it sounds right. like feminist society has actually destroyed women in this regard. Wow, that's effective. You know what I'm saying? So stop blaming the men. It's not our fault. Except unless you could blame right. the men for allowing the Federal Reserve for doing that to women in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Again, it's just it's a multi-causal issue. But a lot of people aren't even real aren't even aware of that. You know, so it's it's an issue. Okay, uh, you know, and I and a lot of people disagree with me on this, and they're they're quick to to tell me I'm a sexist or I'm a misogynist or whatever. No, I'm not. I'm just being real. I'm sorry. A man is not going to marry a an ugly woman. Because an ugly woman equals an irresponsible woman. It's, or an arrogant woman, even worse than that. And let me tell you, I have noticed for some reason in my life, statistically, ugly women are more likely to be arrogant. So, really? Why? Why are they arrogant? Because they're using that pride to overcompensate for the insecurity of their ugliness, which makes them even uglier. You see what I'm saying? So again, I get that the queen archetype lecture is not everyone's favorite, especially among women, but that's not my fault. I'm here to tell the truth and I am here to be biased. If you don't like my bias, oh well, take what I say with many grains of salt, but I guarantee you, you won't be able to prove me wrong. So I can be biased if I'm right. So hashtag get over it because it's the truth. If you don't like what I say in the queen archetype, it's not my problem. But hopefully mm -hmm. you see the value in it and actually develop yourselves and grow yourselves as women as you expect the men to be growing themselves too. And I'm not here to just be all like, on women. I have way more attention and way more standards and way more crap that I've thrown on the men because I'm tired of man being man children. I'm so tired of it. Stop being mm -hmm. man children, guys. Grow up. Read No Mr. Nice Guy. Read 12 Rules for Life. Read How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne. Grow up, gentlemen. Grow up. Actually become gentlemen instead of losers. I'm tired of y'all being losers. Now to the men out right. there who are not losers, thank you. And please lead by example and help out your fellow men. It's really important. We're not going to change society. We're not going to destroy fatherlessness until this happens, right? But then, oh, you know, C.S. Joseph, he's just a misogynist and he's obviously sexist. No, it's not about that. It's I'm just telling the truth. It's not my fault if you won't listen to the truth. Sorry. Rant over. <laughs> right. Well, we should probably start wrapping this up because I think we're over two hours now. I think we had a super chat. So, right? yeah, we do have a super chat. The super chat comes from Meta, and he says, or she says, I'm not sure of the gender. As a fun thought, sorry, as a fun thought experiment, if an INTP became really high functioning alcoholic, could they potentially raise their long term earning potential by living in their ENTJ, ENTJ shadow? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, the answer is technically no. Short term, I have seen some people be successful using mind altering substances in that way, but only very limited capacity and only in the span of a few days. But if they use it as a crutch uh, for like some long term uh, ploy to utilize the other sides of their mind to do that, no. And again, that's just them being selfish. How about that INTP has relationships with ENTJs to handle those ENTJ things with them and actually share with other people and learn how to share instead of being selfish? That would be nice. 
because then the INTP can rely on relationships with other people to help them be successful instead of trying to do everything themselves because their TE nemesis is like, I can't trust what other people say or do. I don't think that other people are smart enough to handle this. And I'm obviously the smartest person in the room. So that means I need to do everything myself and not trust anyone else with it. Yeah, like, okay, thank you, INTP there. Go be selfish in a corner (laughs) and enjoy your bottle of whiskey for the evening because that's all you deserve. Instead, why don't you just trust other people and develop relationships, find people that you can actually be loyal to, especially NTJs who are committed to your vision, committed to what you're doing for your organization, and move forward with those people. That would be more effective in the long run, right? So that's how I'd answer that question. Right, fair enough. Um, do you want to answer f- a few YouTube questions now, and we'll call it a day, or do you want to just call it a day now? Yeah, we'll do. What do, you we'll, do uh, we'll do two or three uh, YouTube questions. Uh, so those on YouTube, uh, just uh, throw up a uh, question uh, on that. Um... Mike Hart, you need to read the book Big Magic as soon as possible. If you have not read that book, you need to read that book. I'm just going to scroll up and see if there's anything up high. What are the top five books ENTJ should read first? Uh, first book they need to read is Lean Startup as soon as possible. Lean Startup. Uh, they also need to read Expert Secrets by uh, Russell Brunson. Dot Com Secrets by Russell Brunson. Uh, they also need to read uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy, 12 Rules for Life, uh, How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne uh and what else is it uh, uh how to write copy that sells um uh, app empire and uh launch by uh, jeff walker and i think that covers it for entj books all right i know you've answered this question before but just for the sake of uh triggering you what do you think okay. of the big five i think the big five is the absolute de facto standard of psychological analysis out there. There is no better test than the Big Five. The the MBTI test has nothing on the Big Five, and the Big Five, especially because Dr. Jordan Peterson endorses it consistently, while Ty Lopez, the ENFP, also trashes it consistently and maintains that Hexaco is the absolute best test that there ever was. Uh, we should all go out of our way to make sure that we take the Big Five and leverage the Big Five in absolutely every area of our life, especially in education, especially in relationships, especially in the bedroom, especially from the pulpit as we're preaching at church, everyone must know how amazing the big five is. When in reality, because here's the reality, it belongs in the dumpster. Dumpster! Oh, look. Oh, we got another super chat. Mm -hmm. We got another super chat. Mr. Jeremy Wilder, $5. Thank you, sir. What can I do to have a more compatible relationship as an INFJ male with an ISFJ female? Hmm. Um, wow. Uh, there's like no emotional compatibility in that relationship and there's not much sexual compatibility. It's kind of like, not really. Cause that ISFJ females like SE inferior, are you sure you're able to give me a good experience? You know, I mean, there's some potential sexual problems that could potentially be in that relationship either. Uh, otherwise just be like, tell the ISFJ woman, yeah, I want you and say that over and over again demonstrate your passion for them i guess focus on making them as comfortable as possible uh but don't be emotionally needy around them even though they're going to be emotionally needy around you and then it's just going to cause both of you to become emotionally drained which will lead to a breakup eventually which is why i do not recommend that relationship whatsoever 
uh, you'd be better off uh, if you're going to be with anyone in that quadra you'd be better off with an entp instead of an isfj uh, or an intp mm-hmm. uh, because at least you have high sexual compatibility there even though you still have that lacking in emotional compatibility for that relationship to take place or actually work uh, so just be aware of that otherwise uh, i'd stay away from isfjs uh, it, you know as an infj for sure um, and if you want to really optimize your life, go for ENFPs or INFPs. NFPs belong with NFJs. Stay there and handle that, and you'll be much more successful. Wow, okay. Uh, do you want to wrap it up here, or do you want to answer a question? I'll answer more? one last question. What are the flaws you see in the big five? The flaws that I see is that the big five cannot tell the difference between nature and nurture. That is the problem with it. And then making mm-hmm. decisions based off of big five results is entirely subjective. Just like the MBTI test with little percentages are entirely subjective. TE critic says no. Into the dumpster it goes. So Dumpster. Dumpster. Cool. Alright. Um so how do you convince an INFP that they're lazy? You have to publicly shame her and to have multiple people <laughs> tell her to her face that she is lazy with reasons why. And you have to have multiple people do it at once. INFPs benefit the most out of all the types from interventions. Yay, have an intervention, shame her. And then uh, you'll get the results of her being motivated to change after that. But no one's willing to tell her because she's so sensitive. No one's willing to tell her the truth. Okay, I get that INFPs are sensitive and I love INFPs. In fact, I actually have a really, really, really good, I have many really good INFP friends, but sorry, they get so stuck in their ways that they just need to be shamed every now and then because if they're not going to be obligated and actually fulfill those obligations, sorry, not sorry. Sometimes you have to have that intervention and shame them in front of their family and friends and people closest to them in order for them to realize, to be snapped out of, oh, wow, multiple people, multiple sources are telling me that I'm lazy. Maybe I should do something about that because if it's just their boyfriend or their husband telling them that they are lazy, they're not going to listen to just one person, even if that person is their husband, you know, the man that she should be respecting. That's not how Mm -hmm. INFPs work. So, yeah. Oh, look, another super chat. Good work. Yeah, good work. Thanks for all the content. Yep. Thank you, Lucky Coast. That is, yes, thank you, Lucky Coast. That is uh, completing episode 20 for question and answer. Um, also, I'm sure many of you noticed that episode 19 was uh, is no longer available, and it will remain no longer available. Sorry about that, folks. But 19 is in the wind, and it is gone. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, other than that, Jab, uh, I think we'll see you folks Tuesday night for our next How to Type stream. Uh, we're also going to be scheduling the mm-hmm. fictional typing stream soon and also scheduling the, the specific Patreon events. Look for those posts on Patreon. We're definitely going to handle that. Uh, and I believe uh, we have another lecture that's going to be early access tonight or tomorrow uh, with release on the following day and uh, many more lectures to come. I believe the next lecture... Uh, is going to be a bonus episode from season two, season two, episode 11. It's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, And then we have uh, season 14, episode four, Patreon private. This is going to be uh, the fourth golden pair, ENFJs and INFPs. Yes, you heard it, folks, an actual INFP lecture. It will be made available through Patreon gold tier. So there you go. There you folks have it. Hopefully you guys can go see it uh, when it is posted. Hopefully it will be posted uh, uh, tonight. Uh, uh, we're really hoping for that. 
Um, otherwise, uh, thank you, Jab, for staying up really, really, really late uh, to facilitate this uh, typing stream or this uh, Q&A session. Uh, otherwise, we'll see oh, you good. folks in one week. Have yeah, my love for the years. See you in a week. Well, well, a couple of days, actually, for the yep. typing, but whatever. Have fun. Later. Have fun. See you later. Thanks for coming.